Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. This is a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the leader of their life. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women that feature guest interviews as well as solo episodes with Maya. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the My Opinion Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now in her opinion, here's your host, Maya Roffler. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of My Opinion. Today I have another amazing, inspiring guest on with a really unique story, and I can't wait to bring her on. Let's welcome to My Opinion, Joy Clausen Soto. Joy, welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. We're excited to have you here, and I just want to dive straight into it. Tell us a little bit about the book that I think just came out. You can tell me when it came out. And it's called, if I butcher the title, correct me, Joy, the story of the dolphin trainer, filmmaker, and cancer survivor. And this is you. This is me. Yes. It's, it just came out April 6th of this year. And it's Joy, the story of a dolphin trainer, filmmaker, and cancer survivor. And it's just basically my hero's journey through cancer. And it doesn't just touch on cancer. It touches on relationships and friendships and going after your dreams, then having them fall apart only to find another way to reach your dream. So it just touches a lot of different aspects, not just cancer, but it's definitely a great book for anyone that's going through a difficult time or trying to find their purpose in life. Yeah, I was definitely reading about that, that this is really for anyone that's going through a transitional period or just kind of questioning what's it all about and need some inspiration. I mean, that's a loaded title. There's a lot to unpack in there. But so let's kind of go back a little bit, Joy. Tell us about the dolphin, your dolphin trainer. Like, tell us about that. So I was a dolphin trainer. I left to be with my kids in 2016, but I was a dolphin trainer for most of my life. And my dream job was to work at SeaWorld. And I actually attained that. Uh, I, I, it's funny because there to get a job there, you need to take a swim test. And I got the invitation to go there uh, and like the, the day before the swim test. And then I couldn't do it. I couldn't take this. I couldn't pass the swim test. And so I didn't have any more time to practice. And I got onto a, a plane from Chicago to San Diego. And since I couldn't practice anymore, I use a technique that a lot of athletes use, which is visualization. So I started visualizing myself underwater and wanting to come up for air, but continuing on and wanting to give up, but not giving up. And so the entire flight there at 1150 at night, uh, that's what I was doing. And when I got there the next day, I, I got in the pool and, you know, there's a lot of other people that were there too. And some people were passing like it was nothing and other people were failing. And somehow I was able to do it. I just kind of sang to myself while I was doing this difficult thing to keep my mind off of taking a breath. And I was able to pass that test that I wasn't able to 24 hours earlier. So for me, that was just telling of how important visualization is, not just in, you know, taking a swim test, but in any aspect of life, you know, whether you're trying to achieve some goals or anything, it's really crucial to be able to visualize in order to attain what you want in life. I'm just blown away by that story. I mean, that's inspirational right there. And I want to read the book just based on that. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, that's really amazing. The power of visualization. I don't think people really realize it. And 
it can be such a block for us too, because if we can't see ourselves doing something, we're probably not going to be able to achieve it. So I find this story so inspirational. But how did you know? How did you have the tools to know, okay, I'm going to get try again and do this visualization? Like, how did you know to do that? My undergrad degree was in psychology. And so that was one of the things I remembered reading about was how, you know, basketball players will visualize the ball going into the hoop. And so that, that was the only tool I had. I couldn't physically practice anymore. And there's actually been studies on athletes and the percentage of how much they visualize versus their actual physical work. And the more visualization that people do, the better that they did at that sport. So it really is crucial. And the thing that I always think about is, okay, 24 hours before I took the test, I couldn't do it. I physically couldn't do it. But then I think, well, could I physically have done it? Because nothing changed with me physically. It was just my mental attitude. So I think that my mental capacity was actually keeping me from, from passing that test the day before. And luckily I was able to switch it around and to think of it differently and to visualize everything. And then I was able to pass it. So I think it, it's really a testament to, you know, your mind controls whether you can or can't do something. I love that. And I think it's so important. And I, I agree with you. Like I'm a kind of person that gets really stuck in my mind a lot. So doing a lot of it's such a word we use all the time, mindset work and all of that. We, we say that all the time now, but really visualizing things has changed my life. So I love that you're bringing this up in your story. Again, totally inspirational and all about it. So I hope you guys are finding it inspiring as well. So tell us what it's like. You get your dream job. So you're training dolphins. Yeah, I'm training dolphins. And actually what I learned with training dolphins is that <laughs> it's something that you can use for anything in life is that to train any behavior that you see them do, you just break it down into really, really small steps. It's called successive approximations. And then you start building on that. So you make it as easy as possible. And then once they get that, then you move on to the next step and the next step. And it's the same thing with life. If we want to achieve something, maybe we have this crazy goal. I mean, like, yeah, I'm a space nut. I love, <laughs> I love the story of the astronauts and how they, you know, got to the moon and just got into space in general. My favorite movie is The Right Stuff. And so that's what they did, though. They broke it down into little steps and, you know, they, they came up with this huge goal in the first place and then broke it down to little steps and they were able to accomplish it because of that. So successive approximation, small steps is the key to, along with visualization, <laughs> is really important for being able to achieve those really big, crazy goals that we have. Another great piece of advice. We're getting so many gems from you and we're only a couple of minutes in. This is great joy. But yeah, you know, I find, I, I call this perfection paralysis, but it's also, we get a paralysis when we were like, we, I, I tend to have lofty goals. So this is something I really struggled with in my twenties. I knew my goal or I knew what I wanted to achieve. And I'd have these ideas and they're good ideas, but it would then like when it sunk in would scare me because I couldn't break down the little steps. And now like hearing you and like, now I understand why I'm able to accomplish because now I know, okay, calm the mind, calm the perfection paralysis, shake that paralysis off and break down the steps. And even if you just do something little every single day, you're moving towards it. And then you can visualize and accomplish it as long as you're doing something little towards it every single day, because, you know, you can't expect to just create a company overnight or create, it doesn't work like that. So I love that you found that in working with dolphins. That's interesting. 
Yeah. It can be overwhelming if you just look at the end goal that you want. Uh, it's nice to have that, but then it's nice to go, okay, so what can I do today to do that? Exactly what you were saying. And I think that's really important to do because if not, then you can just give up thinking I'll never be able to achieve that. But the people who don't give up, the people who keep do- going and doing something every single day and, and you know planting those seeds are the people who are able to, to get things uh, accomplished that are pretty incredible. I agree. And in, in my opinion, I think most people just see that big goal and they don't really know how to build, you know, build back is kind of what I call it and build that timeline with those little steps. And, you know, with social media and so many things we see out there, we see when people quote unquote make it or, you know, have the book mm-hmm. come out, like, you, you know, they don't see all those steps. There's so many little steps behind an accomplishment. And I think it's great that you're sharing, you know, that story. And again, I love that you, you found that from dolphins. That's so amazing. Like, so why did you leave? Tell us a little bit about your story and you left and walk us through that. Well, I've always loved the movies. <laughs> I've loved filmmaking for a very long time. And there, uh, I found myself at a point when I was working and at my dream job. And I love what I did. I love my friends. I love the animals. But I started to think about filmmaking all of the time. I started to think about editing things and what I would do to edit some footage I had when I got home and, you know, a transition and just like I was obsessing over it. And that's what I would do in my free time, you know, until midnight or whatever. And then I go to work the next day. So I, you know, I remember someone saying, well, you should go to film school. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) And then I actually did. I ended up going to film school and it was shortly after that. And then I found out that I had cancer. And so that just kind of, you know, I took a chance. I went in a completely d- different direction in my life. And then suddenly everything changed. and I had to deal with cancer, which is, I mean, everyone has their speed bumps in life. And this was my speed bump. And I'll never forget, actually, I have to say something about speed bumps because I'll never forget that I had cancer and I didn't have any hair. And I was sitting next to one of my aunt's friends we were eating. And he said, as he's eating, oh, it's just a speed bump. It's nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do you think that this is a speed bump? This feels like my Mount Everest. But now when I look back at it, I can see that this was a speed bump in my life. And I mean, it was a Mount Everest I had to go over, but like in the rear view mirror, that's what it was. And so I I think that's important to remember is like you can get over these obstacles in life and then life can be even better afterwards. And that's what happened with me. Not right away, I have to say, because some people, you know, think you survive cancer and then life is perfect afterwards. Right. But yeah, but I was lost. I think a lot of people get lost just in general, trying to find themselves and what's my purpose in life and, you know, just wanting to make the most out of the, the life that they have. And that's where I was. And then I finally, you know, just not knowing what to do, I just finally decided to go back to where I'd been the happiest. And I went back to SeaWorld. And that's when everything started to come back into you know, play and I I was happy again. And then I was able to start a program for kids who have cancer at SeaWorld where kids can go there and get in the water to meet a dolphin. And they get to see that I'm someone who had cancer. I'm someone who was treated at a children's hospital and I get to, you know, work at my dream job and introduce them to the dolphin. So I hope that it also inspires them. So it's been kind of a a long journey. (laughs) We all have our hero's journey, right? This is my hero's journey. That's an incredible, that's an incredible journey. And I love that you brought a purpose in this though, because I actually just did a solo episode recently about a couple different things and be the leader of your life. That's what this podcast is all about besides my opinion and your opinion when you come on the show, but, and your story, but 
one of the topics I talked about in Be the Leader of Your Life is purpose, because I think a lot of us feel, a lot of us are looking for our quote unquote purpose, right? But I love your story so much because it really plays into what I talked about on my solo episode. And I don't believe in one purpose. I think it evolves as our life evolves and we need to be open with that. And you just really filled in the blank for me (laughs) there with my, you know, because I have examples, but I love when I have amazing guests like you on and you have your examples and your purpose has evolved. But, you know, you know, you love working with dolphins, but you're a cancer survivor. So now you've also incorporated this new purpose of inspiring these beautiful children to see that you can overcome this and you can have a fulfilling life and you can still do the things that you loved to do before. So that's an evolved purpose. And I think that that's, that's something really important that I hope you guys understand and get to know through your life. My purpose has changed and evolved, but it doesn't mean that those purposes before don't matter. Oh, absolutely. And I, people have asked me, well, how do you find your purpose? And I don't think that you'll just find your purpose by looking for your purpose. I think you just need to follow your passion. Uh, And we all have talents, some things that we're better at than other people, some things that we're, you know, uniquely created for. And so that's what I did. I just followed what made me happy and my passion in life. And then I was able to find some purpose. And you're right. I don't think this is it. I think that there's more that I have in life to give. And I think that that's going to change. It's not going to be the same thing. I'm not stuck with like one purpose. It's going to evolve, but I think it's important to know that it comes when you do follow your passion. I, I think that's great advice. It's, I mean, that's how it's come for me. And then it's also through passion and then also the speed bumps. I love how you said yeah. that it's come through my passion and my speed bumps and it's happened the same way for you too. And I have a lot of women on the show and they have very similar stories to that. And I think it's really important that we pay attention to the passion and then we can't help but pay attention to our speed bumps. And they do feel like Mount Everest when they're happening. But when it's behind you, it's like, I survived that man. I can do anything until your next one. (laughs) Yeah, until your next one. Well, and then what's really great about the speed bumps, I mean, as not great as they are at the time that they're happening, but then your life has been touched by something. For me, it was cancer. Other people are touched by different things. And so I, was then uniquely positioned to help other people who are going through cancer too. And it it can be for anything that people have been through, but it touches you. And and when you're left with something like that, you feel like you need to do something to give back because your eyes have been open to that. Did I know there were kids who had cancer before? Yes. Did I feel any need to, to like go out of my way to do anything? No, not really. I didn't. But now that my life has been affected by that, now that I've seen kids in children's hospitals. I was treated alongside all of these children. And then I know what they've been through. And it's just a totally different perspective. And I really feel like those are the people who make a difference. I mean, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, that was started by parents who lost their child to leukemia. And that was when like no one was surviving leukemia. So they formed that, which is now a massive juggernaut of a, a a nonprofit that gives back and they do research to find cures for cancer. I mean, it's amazing what they do, but it was started by people who had this experience in their life, a speed bump, if you will, a Mount Everest, if you will. And so I think that that helps kind of shape people and, and their journey in life. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think, you know, like what you're talking about, like your empathy totally changes once you've gone through something like that. 
And my listeners, they will send me messages. I know you guys are probably going to send me messages. It's like a buzzword. I, I say it all the time, but I harp so much on empathy. It's so important in life, but in leadership too. And it really makes such an impact and change. And when you've been through something and you can relate to people, I mean, the sky's the limit. And, you know, you gave great examples on that as well. I do want to talk about, I read a little bit about the documentary. Tell me about the documentary. So I was going to film school when I found out I had cancer. I was about three months in. I was in my second class. That's it. And I, on Thanksgiving, I found a lump on my throat. And that's when I found out that my life was going to change for a very long time. And so I was going to film school and I asked film school if I could just go to my classes and learn, but not do the film shoots because it would be too exhausting for me while I was going through the chemotherapy. And they said no to me, which I mean, in the moment, I I just was shocked that they said no to me asking to go to class to learn, but not wanting to do the other stuff because I physically wouldn't have been able to do it. And but because they said no, I decided to make a documentary on myself because film school didn't have control over my future. They didn't have control over whether or not I became a filmmaker. I did. And so I decided to make that documentary so that I could show a story of survival. And so I could still learn about filmmaking while I was going through this. And so I started filming everything from my first chemotherapy treatment, which I was probably guaranteed the only person who had a a friend of mine come in with a tripod and a camera. Wow. To record that. Yeah. And everything, I mean, everything was captured and even beyond when I was able to give back. And so at the very end of the documentary, there's some video footage of me with the kids and the dolphins at SeaWorld and giving back. So, you know, it all came full circle, which was really beautiful. But that was something that I saw as, you know, I saw a hole in a market, if you will, because what I saw was all of these movies that show people who didn't make it after having cancer. And so I wanted to be the one to show a story of survival. And and thankfully, that's what I did. Oh, my God. I love it. So what advice would you give people? This is like huge because a lot of women, I mean, men, too. I know I have some guy listeners, too. But so people in general. But I do find that sometimes as women, we get in our heads a lot. Right. And we don't want to make ourselves vulnerable and put ourselves out there. You made yourself completely vulnerable like really vulnerable, the most vulnerable, I think you can make yourself at your most vulnerable time in your life. I mean, what, I mean, I know your inspiration was, there was the need, there was a lack. That's where great things happen. You know, when we see a need, Mm -hmm. but that took, that took some courage to do that. So kind of tell us how you got the courage to do that. Cause I think a lot of us have a lot of hesitancy to show anything but what what we like to call like the highlight reel, right? Just the good things. So yeah, the courage to do that. That's really intense. Uh, (laughs) Part of it was because I, I had listened to a motivational speaker beforehand named Zig Ziglar, and he basically taught me how to be grateful for everything and how I could change my, my thoughts. I think the way you perceive the world is really important. And two people can see the world the same way. And one person can be just down and not able to do anything because it's just too much. And then someone else can just see all the beautiful things. And so he taught me just to look at all the beauty and to be grateful for things. And so I think that that helped me to be able to go through it. As far as being vulnerable on camera, I think there's something beautiful in film with truth. And so that's what I was able to put on the, you know, on tape basically was truth. And of what, what I was going through, the, 
fun parts, the hard parts. I, I think that it's all part of life and it's something that we all go through and it's something beautiful to be shared. I think that's amazing. And I love that you kind of got inspired before, but I mean, it has to come from within. It has to be a choice. So mm-hmm. I really like that you're sharing that, you know, you made the choice. Like you can either kind of go through this on your own and, you know, choose a different path or you really wanted to put it out there. And it is about how you view things and how you want to go through it. But I mean, you were definitely meant to help other people and you're helping other people, which is incredible. I really commend you because there's very few people that would be that vulnerable to put that out there. But it's good to put truth out there. It's necessary to put the truth out there. And a lot of people are wearing a facade, a mask. And, you know, I, that's why I started podcasting because I wanted the truth. I wanted real stories. I wanted to tell my story. And it's so, I don't know if you felt this way. Your story is very, very deep, but I feel refreshed and lighter by just speaking the truth and not having to wear a mask and just putting it all out there. Oh, absolutely. And then I think so many other people can relate to that. It's, it's like when you see not the truth, when you see the beautiful facade it's it's not as relatable, but I mean, I think everyone can relate to when someone's putting the truth out there about what's going on in their lives. Then all of a sudden you have this influx of love and this influx of people relating and saying, oh yeah, I've been through that too. So I think that that's a really important thing to be able to do and to share with your audience. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And that's something I had to really learn. I learned that back in 2016, 2017, I was very guarded and I lost my brother and I very tragically, and I finally was just open. I said, kind of screw it. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to be honest. And I talked about it and I talk about it very openly now. And it's just a part of my life. And I do interviews about it and it's, I'm all out there. And it has been one of the most healing things for me. And I I guess I want to ask you the same. Do you feel like this was a part of your healing process, doing the documentary and kind of putting it out there? Yeah, I think it was. I think just knowing that other people will see, especially not just with the documentary, but more with the book right now is that I'm sharing my story. And this is a story that I wanted to read when I was going through it. I wanted to read about, you know, the dream that someone was going after and then, oh no, it comes crashing down. And there's pictures of me you know, going to SeaWorld and in my little wetsuit, happy as can be. And then having my brother shave my head. And then, you know, there's other pictures in the book at the very end where, you know, I'm accomplishing my dreams and I'm with the kids at SeaWorld and I'm, I've met my husband. So I think, you know, just being able to share that with other people is, uh, is really an important thing. And I think that is part of our journey here because I believe that we are here to not just learn lessons, but to help teach other people lessons. And you can't teach other people those lessons if you hide all of your experience. So when you're able to get all of it out there, then people are able to see, oh, okay, she had a rough time too, and she got through it. And this is how she got through it. And it just gives them hope that they can get through it too. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think often there's so many people out there that don't share their experience. And we've all had those friends. We all know those people. We're like, oh my gosh, I never knew you were going through that. I never Mm -hmm. knew this. And, you know, that's your personal choice, but I agree with you. In my opinion, we are here to learn from others, but to give back and to teach others. And we go through these, I'm, I'm using that. I'm stealing that from you, Joy. Speed yeah. bumps, okay. speed bumps. <laughs> speed we bumps. go through our speed bumps and at the time Mount Everest so that we can teach others, we can help others. Like, I love what you said. I don't want people, you know, I want people to read this so that they have something. I wish I had this. 
I think it's so important that people do that. And that's something I do in my business. And I love that you're doing that with your book. You did that with your documentary. That's really incredible. What advice would you give to people listening? Obviously it's mostly women, but in general, if they're going through cancer, I mean, this is such a broad question, I know, but what advice can you give going through the experience? Because I haven't been through that, but what advice would you give them? Okay, there's a few things. I would say as hard as it is, find things to be grateful for because it's really easy to focus on the bad things. But if you focus on what you have to be grateful for, it really lifts <laughs> the heaviness of the moment that, you know, for me, I would say, well, I'm grateful for my friends because I, I experienced so much love for my friends and family. It was insane. And I, I don't know if I would have ever experienced that if it wasn't for having cancer. So I was grateful for my friends and family. I was grateful that the doctors found it when they did. I was grateful, you know, for the stage it was. So I just found all of these things to be grateful for. And I went through it every day. And I think that helped change my perception of things. It didn't mean that I was like, yippity, skippity, I have cancer. I mean, no, it, it wasn't like that at all, but it helped me through that. Now, the other thing I did was I made a notebook for myself. I'm kind of a geek. And so I had this three ring binder kind of notebook and I had some plastic page protectors in there with some, you know, lined paper. And so whenever I'd go in to see the doctors, I would get copies of my chemotherapy protocol, my blood work. I would ask the nurses and doctors questions about everything. So they'd say, okay, well, this chemotherapy, you can't have it 24 hours after having this antibiotic. Okay, great. Thanks. And I'd write it all down. And it just made me feel more in control because I think when you're going through something like that, you feel like you have no control over what's happening. You're at the mercy of the doctors and the nurses hoping that they're going to do the right thing and they know what they're doing. But because I had that little notebook with me to every single thing, whether it was blood transfusion, everything, I, I felt more in control. And if I ever felt like I had a nurse or doctor that didn't know what they're talking about, I could always open my notebook <laughs> and show them. Or I could be an advocate for myself. By the way, that never happened. I never had to do that. But I could also be an advocate for myself and say, okay, 24 hours after I have this chemotherapy, I need to get this medication because it starts saving my organs. And so I would note down, okay, they started at this time. 24 hours afterwards, I would be, you know, excuse me, I would like my medication. <laughs> but, but that gave me some control. So I think anytime you can find some control, I would also say I'm cancer-free, I'm cancer-free, I'm cancer-free, I'm cancer-free over and over again, even if it's something that may not really do something, you know, it's that perceived control, whether it's real or perceived, I think that's really important to have. So anything you can do like that is really crucial for going through cancer. And honestly, one more thing <laughs> is that I needed help afterwards. I had PTSD and I didn't know it. And so it took me one year to actually reach out for help. And so I would advocate for anyone, whether it's cancer or whether, you know, you're trying to publish a book and you need to reach out for help. If you need help in life, reach out for it. So I, I, like I said, I wish I had done that earlier, but when I finally did reach out, that's when I was able to start healing from it. So don't be afraid to, you know, get a counselor and start talking to someone because you've been through some heavy stuff. That is all incredible advice. Yeah. I think it's interesting because as, especially as women, we take on a lot and I think we feel like we have to just take it all on. And when you know, we reach out for a mentor or someone to help or counseling, or, I mean, I, there is no shame in my game. I will probably be doing therapy for the rest of my life because right. the things <laughs> I've gone through, 
And I'm okay with it. I love it. I love it. It's a place for me to be me and to, you know, unplug. I have mentors. I wouldn't be where I am without this because I think it's important that, you know, you guys know this and, you know, Joy definitely has this nailed after your experience, your Mount Everest, but it's so important to have these people in your life because you don't know sometimes, like you said, you didn't even realize you had, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, that's, we don't know what we don't know. And I think, you know, when we're feeling really out of control, doing things to help that, I mean, that's, that's incredible advice. And talking about gratitude, we get so confused with that because, you know, we see these mottos everywhere on social media and people talking about, be grateful, write three things down every day. And I love debunking that with different guests like yourself, Joy, because it's not about, you know, walking around and today's the best day of my life, even though I'm, I got chemo today. Like that's not what you're saying, right? You're saying, you know, I'm going to choose to find the good and the things that are happening that I'm grateful for right now. It doesn't mean that I feel 150% happy, but I'm going to, you know, put those things out in the universe and think that now, did you visualize as well during this time? Yeah, I visualized the chemotherapy eating away at the cancer. So I, I knew where it was, it was behind my lungs and around my heart. So I would just visualize that, you know, that it was actually killing that. I love it. I know when you were saying cancer free, cancer free, I'm like, she was so visualizing during that. I'm yeah, like, I, I gotta was. ask that. I gotta <laughs> ask that. Okay. So one last question for you. And then we're going to talk about where to find you and your book and everything mm-hmm. else. So obviously we talk about how to be the leader of your life. You had distinct moments where you, I mean, you took control of your entire cancer process. You took control of getting that job at SeaWorld. I mean, there were moments you really stepped into your leadership and being the leader of your life. What advice would you give to my amazing listeners about stepping into that leadership? Because a lot of them think they need a title or they need to be promoted. And I always tell them, in my opinion, it starts now. So what advice would you give them? Well, I had something else in mind, but let's see. I would say that it's really important to be able to ask for help when you need it. Like I said, but not just with the cancer. I mean, for me, I was able to publish the book because I reached out for help. I, I asked a, you know, I hired someone to basically format the inside of the book. I hired someone for the cover. I had to go to a studio. I just, you know, paid to be at a studio to do the audible version of my book. So I think just knowing when you need to reach out for help is really important. And I used to love being a leader because it was just fun collaborating with people. I think the most important thing is, is like listening to other people, because when you're a leader, it's important that people feel heard. And, you know, so many people have so many great ideas and I think it's stifled a lot by companies and by leaders who don't listen to it and they just have their own vision. But I mean, it's, it's crazy how many incredible things could be accomplished if you listened to the ideas that your employees have. So I think that's a really important thing when you're in a leadership position. And if you're not there, just, you know, besides being a leader, it's really important to learn how to follow. So <laughs> be good at that first. And then you, you'll learn how to become a good leader. I love that advice because good leaders are also good followers. And I could not agree with you more. Absolutely. That's great advice. Joy, tell us where we can find you by your book. Tell us everything. Okay. Well, my book is on Amazon. It's called Joy, the story of a dolphin trainer, filmmaker, and cancer survivor. 
And my website is joyclausensoto.com and you can reach me there and I'm on LinkedIn too. So if you want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I'm more than happy to connect and talk to you. I'm pretty active on there. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the show today, Joy. It's been a pleasure. All right. It's been great. Thank you. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion Podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.